You are now tuning in to the Top Shelf Edition, presented by Northern Superior Brewing Company. Northern Superior Brewing Company always brings forward top shelf product and customer satisfaction. Located on 50 Pym Street in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Northern Superior is available for local delivery or provide a friendly yet exciting atmosphere inside its tap room. Follow Northern Superior on Instagram or Facebook. You can also check out their website at northernsuperior.org. At Northern, we're superior. It's a Northern thing. Now how about some hockey chat? Let's get to the crew inside the Gem Studios, bringing you Gem and the Game Sports Show Hockey Edition, Top Shelf. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show. This is the Top Shelf Edition, presented by Northern Superior Brewing Company. It is your host, David McCaig Jr., and I'm here sitting inside the Game Entertainment and Media Studios for this Top Shelf Edition. And while I am sitting here and recording, I am enjoying a nice 11 p.m. premium all-natural craft beer from Northern Superior Brewing Company. Make sure you check out Northern Superior Brewing Company on Facebook and Instagram, as well as their website. NorthernSuperior.org, where at Northern Superior, they are superior, and it's a northern thing. As we get closer to hopefully having normality, a lot of big things coming, of course, for Northern Superior Brewing Company, but they are still open even through this lockdown. They have free local deliveries, and why not support local? You see it everywhere on commercials, on television, on your mobile device, on laptops, whatever you stream on support local and why not support some delicious beer that's proudly brewed in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. That, of course, being a shout out to our listeners from Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. If you are not listening from Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, we still encourage you to support your local restaurants or brewing company, as well as when you do come to the Sioux, though, make sure you do try Northern Superior, or if you see it inside your local LCBO, give it a shot. It is absolutely delicious now david mckay here of course top shelf i am joined by justin heichel justin my friend how's it going i think you know the answer to that that's <laughs> um you know you know i can't i am not we'll save that we'll save how i'm how i'm doing yeah, we're going to hold that, of course. I know there's a lot of listeners, especially from our local side of the show. Of course, a lot of our listeners that listen from outside the suit do know what teams that myself and Justin cheer for, or should I say team. And we're going to get to that in just a few moments. It's going to give you the agenda for tonight's show with Top Shelf. We are recording this on June the 2nd, 2021. It will be uploaded here tonight on June the 2nd, just in case you tune in the day after or day after or the day after that. Either way, the second round of the NHL playoffs has begun. So we are going to jump into, at the beginning, we're going to do some local recap here. And what I mean by local, we are going to dive into the Algoma District, in particular in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, with some brief news. And then we're going to dive into some of the draft lottery results that are hot and right off the press, if you will, on who is the successful team that won the draft lottery. And then Justin and I are going to do a kind of brief little discussion about the second round, how it's been to this point, a little bit of a preview going into the second round that has already obviously begun, and there are games uh, going on tonight as we are recording. And then to top off the show, yes, we will dive into that team that Justin and I cheer for, and that is the Toronto 
Maple Leafs. Now, you take off our host hat. Of course, we have a team that we do cheer for, and there's been a lot of reaction, especially when it comes from the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I'm going to say flat out out of the gate, Justin and I are not going to be sitting here to try to duplicate the great Steve Dangle, which, of course, is, is also a friend of the show. Uh, Steve Dangle is uh, fantastic. You check out his videos on YouTube. And there's been also a lot of Leaf reaction in the media. But I think Justin Heichel and I will hopefully bring you uh, a kind of a different perspective. And maybe they'll be yelling. Maybe there won't be. You'll just have to tune in to see. And I will remind listeners this is a commercial-free edition of Top Shelf. But there will be product placement inside the show. A little warning. I don't have that on our podcast platform that you may be listening on where you might get that little alert. However, we are going to be doing the product placement. And, of course, this position uh, – this edition sorry is presented by northern superior brewing company i said at the beginning please give it a follow justin the beer's delicious there man like it doesn't matter if you have an 11 p.m and it's 8 p.m it, it doesn't matter it just tastes good all around the clock you got the 55 you got the light i'm going to be honest with you all the beer is delicious but the, the the northern superior light that they have out is absolutely delicious and it's good if you're watching the pounds <laughs> i mean I, I i i i'm a big fan of the classic that's yeah. The the, the, that's, the, the fifty five or just the regular? Well, I mean, just the regular. The fifty five is good too, but I, I, I honestly, I miss going to the tap room so much. Yeah, yeah, and that, that and, it. There, there's that, there's there's nothing wrong with cans. Don't get me wrong, but there's just something about going in there and just you know what I mean. It's like picking an apple off a tree. <laughs> and then freshly biting it or maybe you should wash it before you bite it but when you pick it off the tree it's just pure natural and a little fun news of course people may saw my personal social media uh, myself and my girlfriend did get a dog uh, a nice Aussie doodle uh, the new family of the game entertainment media Aussie doodle named Blaze so despite <clears throat> all the uh, kind of negative energy that the Toronto Maple Leafs brought into our household. It was all lightened up by, of course, a little puppy that is at this current uh, part uh, just eight weeks old. So he's just a little guy. So uh, if you want to check out and see some pictures of my dog, you can check out my uh, social media page uh, for that. And in terms of the game sports show, there's been lots of additions that we have uploaded uh, that you can check out. Just check out the GameSportsShow.com, our new website. Check out the episode tab. Listen to the episode that you desire to listen to. In particular, our newest special edition upload, which was absolutely amazing, by the way, with Drew Shore, who is in the Carolina Hurricanes organization. Yes, the Carolina Hurricanes, a team that is still playing in the NHL playoffs, unlike a few other teams that people may cheer for that I know. But nonetheless, Justin, I'm not... And that just yet. Yeah, we got to save that for the end. We are going to dive into the show. It's going to make sure we had a little introductions here. Diving into it, okay, I'm going to go into the local side of things. And as I mentioned, it's going to be around the Algoma district. If you want to shout out about your district, if you're outside of Algoma, just please message me or send an email through the website. Uh, the Game Sports Show, SSM at gmail.com is the direct email. Shoot an email and we will give promotion to your business or even to your organization to give it some news because we talk everything here on uh, of course the game sports show uh, so of course the Sue Thunderbirds uh, have been busy uh, they did make a trade where they sent Cameron Duskevich uh, to the Timmins Rock for a player development fee sort of from PDF uh, more so like a cash kind of deal that was made in the NOJHL Jamie Henderson has obviously uh, been quite busy 
uh, if you will, since he's active, making a couple signings with local teams as uh, local players, I should say, as well as players that he's familiar with, with the Sioux Greyhounds, a triple A kind of side here in Sioux St. Marie. And also from the Sioux Thunderbirds, there is Tyler Savard who was originally drafted by the Sioux Greyhounds in the 11th round, turned 20th overall, has been signed by the Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds. So now, of course, when you get signed by the Greyhounds and have it signed, you're most likely going to be on that team when, uh, when the puck drops on opening night. However, of course, now that he's owned, they do have the opportunity because the Thunderbirds would own his his rights if he ever had to go down for any kind of conditioning or just to go down in general. So he is, of course, now signed with the Greyhounds, so they do expect him to be a part of that team going forward. And if the name Savard does sound familiar, yes, it's his father, Mark Savard, of course, who, of course, has a long tenure in the OHL and, of course, uh, it was a National Hockey League playmaking specialist was Mark Savard. And yes, he was a part of the 2013 Boston Bruins Game 7 comeback against Toronto. Sorry, Justin, I had to say that. Uh, yes. they, <laughs> there's, I feel like there's nothing that can let us uh, let us down. Now, also, uh, the graduate from the Sioux Thunderbirds, Warner Young, has committed to NCAA Division Three St. Mary's University of Minnesota, uh, the Minnesota Cardinals, for the 2021-22 season. So the Sioux Thunderbirds getting some promotion with the players that they had this year, where they did win the COVID Cup, and of course they played the Blind River Beavers. A lot of the other teams, including the uh, Rayside Balfour Canadiens, did not play uh, this season in the in the NOJHL when puck was redropped, if you will, after the the second or who knows what official number of the lockdown that was. Uh, but it's great to see a lot of the success Thunderbirds have brought forward. If you look at also Kalisti, who's uh, a Sioux Greyhounds uh, product and uh, who has been playing with the Hounds uh, for the last couple of years, he played with Thunderbirds in 2017-2018. Uh, he is ranked to go in the uh, NHL draft in this upcoming draft. He is ranked 156th, and that's as per the SiouxThunderbirds.com website. Of course, they do a great job. Uh, everyone, a part of their uh, part of the organization with the Thunderbirds, we're getting everything out, as well as their social media, Sioux T-Bird Hockey. Make sure you check out them on Instagram. We, of course, here on the Gates Sports Show, get a lot of love to the Suigos, the Blind River Beavers in terms of a local perspective, but we talk every league and every team uh, just as equally. And, of course, Scott Neeson with the ESPN 1400 edition and, of course, a live broadcast of Suigo games, especially through hockey TV, is fantastic. A lot of great news that's come with the Thunderbirds. They've been really busy. They have the Jarrett family involved, Trevor Daly's involved, Henderson's the GM of the team, and we will be having Jamie Henderson on the show inside of a local show, uh, of course, this upcoming summer on the Canadian side of the game sports show and on an upcoming editions of the ESPN 1400 edition with myself and Scott Neese. And it kind of pays off when, uh, especially Jamie Henderson was my assistant coach when I was with the uh, Sioux Thunderbirds. And of course he's had a lot of success with the Thunderbirds and a lot of success in the community with the minor hockey, uh, or especially the triple a program is what I should be using, but going back to being the GM of the Thunderbirds, uh, he is definitely going to be in the position to succeed, especially with the ownership takeover that was there is that they, the great job with Trevor Zachary, Smeal, and of course, uh, Danny Lambert. Everyone did fantastic uh, with the uh, Sioux Thunderbirds and big credit to Trevor Zachary in particular how that connection is with Northern Superior Brewing Company. Uh, but now with the transition, the Thunderbirds are going to have a new people in office and they've been very busy. So make sure you check them out. Now, puck drop for the OHL. Hopefully everything goes great with that this year. Fun fact, Cole Caulfield was a owner, was owner owned is the word I was going to use. God, I should use proper English. 
the Greyhounds did own Cole Caulfield's rights. So if the Greyhounds were in the playoffs and playing right now, technically be close to where the Memorial Cup was going to be. It would have probably finished just a couple weeks ago if I look at it correctly. So Cole Caulfield would have been most likely playing uh, for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds this year. And if they would have had Cole Caulfield and if they would have hosted this year, it would have been extremely interesting to see the team that Munchell maybe wouldn't have had on the ice in that first round. But we're not talking about that. I'm not pinpointing saying he's the reason, but it would have been interesting to see how this year would have played out if COVID wasn't a big factor. Been speaking how it's going to be a big factor, Justin, transitioning from the local side of sports. Just a quick plug to Sports Center Bar and Grill in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Of course, owned and operated by Frank Ligori. He, of course, their famous wing nights. They have delicious pizza. They have, especially through lockdown, they have takeout options. Uh, they do deliver. They have options for delivery. Support local sports center bar and grill. Simmery's best sports bar five years in a row. Best wings two years in a row. Justin, the draft now in the National Hockey League. Going to jump into that right now. It's a little bit of a different scenario. We find out today uh, who the first overall pick was and who was that, Justin. And talk about what you think about this year's NHL entry draft. I mean, I think the Sabres, I mean, we're not going to not gonna drag that along. The Sabres got the first overall pick. Um, I think that's awesome for the franchise. I mean, they've it's been a rough year for them. Like, the, the Sabres fans have just had an absolute trash year. They're January, they're, you know, the fall started with some optimism, bringing in some players looking like maybe something was going to happen. And the season ended with your captain not wanting to play there anymore. You know, it's uh, it's pretty rough for them. So now you're, you're rebounding a little bit. Got the first overall pick. Um, yeah, potentially, you know, Owen Power could be the guy. It's a pretty solid name. Yeah, it's if, a- if, if, if I'm going to be honest, that's... Yeah. See, and the big thing that that I find with Owen power and you look at it from a perspective with the Buffalo Sabres, it feels like this is an opportunity for this team to maybe have again, another opportunity to ripe the ship, right? When you look at when they drafted Jack, they feel that they missed out on McDavid. They've missed out on a lot of, they feel like they've gotten the short end of the stick a good deal of times. Now getting Owen power is a stud of a defenseman. Luke Hughes, another stud of a defenseman. But there's one team, the Seattle Kraken, who got the second pick, who is in the most unique position, I feel, in this entry draft. Matthew Beneers is ranked to go second with power first. Now, when you look at the Buffalo Sabres, Rasmus Dahlin, I am a fan of Dahlin. I think he is going to be a stud. And if you have a pairing of Dahlin and power in the future, that is very powerful, if you will. But even with Rasmus Ristolainen there, if he even wants to stay in the future, Buffalo's decor could be extremely impressive. But I also feel that this draft could be an opportunity for the Sabres to hit a slam dunk with potential late picks if they can make moves on some players. Maybe even try to build for the future and try to get picks in next year's and the years after draft when you got the Shane Wright and Connor Bedard picks going on and then you can really turn around a franchise. Obviously, the Sabres don't want to be a bad hockey team anymore going forward, but I feel like fans are going to have to uh, take it that they are going to be retooling again but they have the chance there's some deep drafts coming up to really make a splash. And Justin with Owen power, I think he is going to go first. I, he obviously is the number one pick and the, everyone believes he is, but there must be a chance that maybe they consider Matthew Beneers, especially 
if they're going to move Jack Eichel. Beniers can play both center and wing. Uh, of course, you, this is a player that you know could be a, a top, will be obviously a top sentiment in your organization. You move out Eichel. You know, if Sam Reinhardt wants out and players want out, you can gain some high picks in this entry draft. The next couple drafts really build around. And since you already have Darlene to build around, it would be an asset to bring power in because you can either put them together or two separate uh, pairings. But is there any kind of opportunity that you think, Justin, that Beneers uh, could be going to Buffalo instead of Owen Power? I think, I mean, in my head, I think it's smart for Buffalo now to, if you are going to go go ahead and go forward and you're going to trade, you know, your Jack Eichels and guys like that, if you're going to try to get a King's Ransom for those guys, I think it's safe to start building from the, you know, your D out in terms of the draft. There's not, you're not going to look for a goalie in the first round and try to develop them. That's not something you're going to do. You're going to have a couple, you know, David Riddicks of the world kind of rolling through the next couple of years while you figure this out. Yeah. Um, but I think getting these young defensemen, finding quality other, you know, pairing defensemen for these guys to play with, like, you know, like you said, like Darlene, finally getting them another stud defenseman to play with them. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think the, Buffalo hasn't shown that they can draft and develop offensive players. But I, 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 a fail-safe would almost to be to try to build from the defense out. I mean, any coach that comes in can f- seemingly fix talented defensemen. Yeah. Whereas these centers kind of, or, or any offensive player for that matter, I mean, l- look at the case of Galchenyuk. He went through a couple rough situations, and the guy's mental headspace is absolutely annihilated. And so... You- you end up in Buffalo, like I, I feel, like I said, I'm not trying to, I'm trying to create maybe more so comments and yelling at the speakers while I'm talking. But I said that Owen Power is consensus one, so did you. And at the end of the day, that is a smart way to go, building from the back end out that that can bring success. And they can make a very big trade with Eichel. Obviously, the front runners are the Kings and Rangers. Uh, for that trade, I've heard rumors uh, from particular private experts, if you will, uh, that are in the media world in both the States and Canada, where maybe Seattle uh, says screw making a pick this year and trades their second pick. Uh, if now this is just hot off the press, too, uh, that maybe the Buffalo Sabres move Michael to Seattle. And I think that's absolutely bonkers. I don't think that makes any sense. Uh, I really feel like Seattle's excited to make their first ever pick. And I think that's a big part and a big historic moment in their organization. So I can't see that being a thing, but it's going to be interesting this off season because of the flat line in the cap. Buffalo is on, is that team that has players saying everyone's available to the exception of possibly, I'm guess you should say that number one pick, uh, number one overall pick, sorry. And Rasmus Dahlin would probably be the two players that, that are going to be untouchable. Uh, in in this uh, in this uh, scenario, uh, you can look at other players in their organization uh, like uh, Ukanen and guys that they have. But I feel like they would move and they want to start from scratch. But and to say Seattle will make a splash, I'm sure they will. A lot like Vegas did, right, with Brandon Carlson and uh, the moves that they did, Marcia So and trying to make moves with teams they don't pick a specific player. I'm sure Seattle has learned. And their their social media page is absolute fire right now. They put a lot of chirps towards Toronto fans that they took full advantage of when Toronto got eliminated.
updated uh, saying that the the ship is open if they wanted to jump ship. So, um, you, you know, they, the, the Seattle Kraken are doing a very good job, just like how Carolina is. And I feel Seattle's in a position that's a little bit different than Vegas is. I don't think I don't think they're going to have the same success that Vegas did. But here we are saying how Vegas wasn't going to be strong and look what they're doing. Right. So uh, can't really predict that. But going back to with Buffalo and winning this draft. Uh, they they put themselves in a good position and just to revamp number one is Buffalo as I mentioned Seattle Kraken is two the Anaheim Ducks are three as uh, New Jersey Devils are four uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets are five and to round out round of the top ten is uh, Detroit San Jose LA Vancouver and the Ottawa Senators and yes the Arizona Coyotes had to forfeit their first round pick uh, this season and the draft goes down from there and no Toronto does not have any picks in the first round they moved it to Columbus this case I had a few Toronto fans ask me well oh, maybe they'll have a good pick this round I had to remind them that maybe they should turn their fucking brain on and understand that they moved that for Nick Foligno uh, so they're, they're, the Columbus Blue Jackets have uh, from what I see in the first round, I see that they have three in the first round from what I have been notified and looking at here on paper. <laughs> yes, as I have that up. It's a lot of picks in that first round. They have a lot of picks in upcoming drafts. I'm sure they're going to be a team that's going to be quite busy on the retooling front uh, as well. But Justin, oh, John Davidson back too. That's a, it's a big thing there. It is. And you have, uh, the Rangers, who were winners of last year's lottery, but uh, now in the middle of the pack, if you will, for this one. And the uh, Montreal Canadiens are picking 17th uh, in their draft. Pretty good pick, and there'll be some good players there. But anyone who picks from either, I would say, from 10 to 32 uh, have a chance to really make uh, have a steal of a pick because it's pretty open-ended, I feel like, from there. Maybe that's a little bit too big of a stretch, but even after 10, if it's from 12, because 11's being skipped from Arizona— 12 to 32, that would be a pretty open-ended picks in those late rounds. We'll see what happens. But, Justin, I've always had eyes on goaltenders and drafts. Askarov was one that I'm a fan of. I am a big fan of Jesper Wallstead. The guy is going to be a franchise goaltender. He reminds me exactly of Henrik Lundqvist. And I know the Wings are slated and favorites to get him at six. And how fitting would that be for the Wings to get a Swedish goaltender? Even though they really don't need goaltending at the current point, but they do have a lot of prospects coming up. So it might be the perfect time for the Wings to draft a goaltender. And I know we have a lot of Wing fans on the show. So I wanted to kind of stir the pots with that a little bit. Just any kind of final reaction with the NHL entry draft? Are you excited for it? you think it's going to be busy or you think it's going to be more of a just make drafts and a quiet day it's going to be tricky i mean the teams with cap room i think are going to be busy um partially in accommodating teams with no cap room uh and collecting picks you know i mean like the teams like the savers the red wings of the world um probably aren't competing again next year so i mean they can afford to take on a little extra salary to take on some of these teams draft picks again to you know, facilitate deals and stuff like that, much like we saw at the trade deadline. Um, but just to touch on your, you know, your Red Wings thought there, uh, I, I this kind of plays back into our conversation with the Sabres earlier. I, I really do think the Red Wings are a big candidate for Jack Eichel. Yeah. Uh, given, given the Red Wings' plethora of picks and plethora of salary caps, they can afford to take him on. And, you know, I mean, that's a real good carrot to dangle in front of Buffalo. Maybe they can get their center and defenseman all in one shot. Yep, and they have the opportunity where the, the Wings have already robbed the Washington Capitals this year. Uh, yeah. With, oh, with yeah. The, 
uh, with Verona and Panic and picks. So they have a like a good decent amount of picks in there. And even if they wanted to look at doing very risky to trade next year's first round pick and the year after that. Uh, but if you wanted to move this year's first, this might be the year for the Red Wings where you move a first, throw in a couple prospects in there, uh, and you might be able to get the job done uh, to get Jack Eichel over there. That would just make the East, inter- or sorry, the Atlantic a bit interesting, even though the divisional rivals, it hasn't been strange that divisional rivals have made the deal if it's the right price. Uh, definitely the Wings are probably a team that should be in there. Obviously, as I mentioned, I believe the front runners would be the Rangers and the Kings, but cap is a big thing and you just had mentioned a great point the wings have a genius at the wheel uh in steve eiserman probably and no offense to uh, a lot of other gms in the league that are geniuses but steve eiserman in my opinion is the best gm in hockey uh sorry to say to boston fans or uh, joe sackick or a lot of gms as i mentioned but just the mind of eiserman he is gonna write that ship quickly uh with the red wings and it's gonna be certainly interesting the draft will be busy still i believe but i think seattle is gonna do a lot of moves like vegas did it's gonna be interesting don't pick this player i'll give you a third round pick pick this player i'll give you a second round pick right uh, and a lot of teams like that are not going to want specific players taken toronto there's uh i'm sure that they don't want um Justin Hall getting taken. Uh, I know there's a lot of rumors that it might be a Travis Dermott or something going uh, for if it is from a Toronto end. If you're looking at Montreal, they have some room there because of the youth that they have. The Winnipeg Jets could be a team that they can protect a lot of their forwards. The D that they don't have a lot of, they might expose some of their defensemen. In terms of a Canadian teams, I feel like Toronto uh, is the team that uh, is a little bit tough to see who they can protect. And also, I would maybe be fair to say that the Edmonton Oilers are going to try to dangle some players. But I think Toronto, on a Canadian perspective, is in in tough when it comes from on the Canada side. Now, Justin, I want to talk about the second round of the playoffs quick. Of course, I know it's damaging, especially if you are a Toronto fan. Uh, But of course, you know, and as we are currently sitting here, and doing this recording, uh, Montreal is up on Winnipeg three to one by the end of the first period here. So uh, um, we are, we are it's four to one. It's four to one. Sorry. So like it's it's uh, certainly uh, we are going to get into Toronto as I mentioned to listeners. So that's why I want to mention that. But we still have the second rounds to discuss here. And you have Montreal, Winnipeg. You have Vegas, Colorado. You have Boston Islanders, Tampa Bay, Carolina, uh, in the Elite Eights, uh, if you will. Uh, and of course, uh, the Canadian for the North Division is to start underway tonight. Colorado is currently leading at this time, one nothing. By the time you hear this recording, they might be up on the series, two nothing, or tied one one. Uh, if you're listening tomorrow or the next day, you may have seen Boston and the Islanders and Carolina and Tampa play. But nonetheless, these are the teams uh, that are going forward. And Tampa Bay obviously having a stranglehold at this current point in the series, up 2 nothing at the time of this recording. Very interesting hockey going around the series that I thought I was going to love the most, Vegas and Colorado. Depending on what happens in the future games, Colorado's looking really scary. Tampa Bay is looking like Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, we didn't have the chance, Justin, to do a show Uh, for the first rounds and I'm kind of happy that we didn't because my predictions would have been out the fucking window Uh, I feel like obviously everyone had Toronto picked in that first round I would say maybe 80 percent and then 10 percent of Leaf fans that maybe have a brain in their head didn't believe were right and the other 10 percent picked Montreal and they're all Montreal fans Uh, so 
you you even Montreal fans are picking the Leafs. My neighbor also uh, here is a Montreal fan, and he had the belief that Toronto was winning. So, uh, you know, the, the, the underdog won in that series, and I don't know if I can see underdogs winning this upcoming series. The only kind of series I could see that happening in is maybe Montreal, Winnipeg, but also Boston, the Islanders. If I had to pick those two series, it's the Islanders are the underdogs and Montreal are the underdogs. Um, but Tampa Bay and Colorado, Justin, uh, those are the two teams in my head that we've talked about since day one uh, about getting there. Uh, and also even when the playoffs have started while we were talking back and forth on off air time, if you will, that these are the two teams that are the favorites and they're showing it right now. Well, I mean, Colorado is disgusting. Like, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, you watch them play and they're just, it's, they're a well-oiled machine. Like they're, they're everything you want your favorite team to be and more. And and then on the 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 more even you know slap on the face end of that is that Nathan McKinnon makes six and a half million dollars like it's all all these guys are and and he came out in the media today and said he'd take another low end contract just so he can keep playing with the guys he's playing with. Yeah, you know, that's kind of and he's not even the captain of the team. Gabe Landeskog, man, and that you know what Nate McKinnon. Six point three two five. I don't have cap uh, cap friendly up right now, uh, but you know, there's a guy, and he said this, as you just alluded to, he, that's heart. Somebody who's there to win, somebody who takes a pay cut to win, to win for his team, he, and as you mentioned, his first, his next contract, taking a pay cut so they can win. Crosby did it for Pittsburgh. Eight point seven doesn't seem like. A little bit of money, but for somebody of Sydney Cal- Sydney Sydney caliber, wow, that's a new name. Sydney Crosby's caliber, he did win a lot, uh, three cups, <laughs> you know. So obviously, I mean, I mean in, f- in fairness, those guys both have a big time Tim Hortons deals, so that's <laughs> probably helps them out a little bit. Take a couple extra timbits here and there. I'm sure, and that's where when I look at Colorado, I'm a fan of Nazem Kadri, and it's unfortunate what he did. Am I surprised we didn't know? All Toronto fans wouldn't be. The, the guy plays in the playoffs. He's prone to get at least a, a five-game suspension. Uh, but obviously this was an eight-game suspension. <clears throat> yeah, and, I mean, who, are, who are we to cheap, chirp, though? You know what I mean? Same old Kadri, same old Leafs. Yep. <laughs> and Kadri, I'll be honest, is I, I miss him in the blue and white. But the move, uh, if you look at Kerfoot, the guy was impactful. But I said we're going to get to Leafs in a little bit. The the Colorado Avalanche and Tampa Bay Lightning are the team that I two teams that I see duking it out to the end, especially the way that Tampa Bay is handling Carolina right now. Not that they're absolutely embarrassed. I'm not saying that, but the way that the games are being played, if you really watch that, those games, I I did peek at it. Uh, right now, I'll be honest. I'm obviously with running a sports show and a media company. I have to uh, do my end and have my knowledge about what's going on and keeping up in the world of hockey and just sports in general. Uh, but I have made a, a pact to myself that I am not going to watch at any of the games. I kind of am a little bit upset about what happened to Toronto. I just, it's just upsetting. Uh, but, you know, there's one game that I would have a hard time. There are two series that I would have a hard time keeping the TV off for, and that's Vegas, Colorado, Tampa Bay, Carolina. Um, and very, very exciting. As as I mentioned, Montreal leading Winnipeg, uh, as per NHL.com, it says a 3-1. to one, uh, But... You have at this current time, and it's 8.26 p.m. on June the 2nd while we're recording. Games are coming up tonight uh, for Vegas, Colorado. Games tomorrow. Games on the 4th. They have, 
a massive amount of talent in Tampa Bay. And all those players, Justin, alluding to the main point, took pay cuts to stay there. And you know what? Teams that do that, that really want to stay, I don't care about the states where there's less taxes. I don't care about the nonsense about, you know, I want to get, I want to tan in between, uh, in between practice and games. That's all fine and dandy. But when you have the right core together that Colorado has, that Tampa has, heck, let's give credit words due where we really don't want to, but Boston, okay, they, they, when you have a core of guys that buy in and are there to win, those are the guys uh, that are going to have success. And Tampa Bay and Colorado, Justin, are just looking unbeatable. I, I'm sorry. I, in Tampa Bay, I well, still give them they're the on a different level. Yeah, man. And I, I like look at it from. I don't even think any team from the North Division that proceeds, or if you look at uh, Boston, the Islanders, whoever proceeds from that, I can't see teams keeping up with one of those two teams. And yes, who knows? Vegas could win. Carolina could win. Anything could happen. Okay, but I can't see it, and I can't see the other teams keeping up with those two teams. It doesn't, it it doesn't make sense. It 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 just doesn't, and it's probably unfortunate to say, but to say that Tampa Bay is not a favorite uh, to win this year again, uh, you'd be you'd be crazy. I mean, eh, well, but no, they weren't a favorite because no one saw them play with Kucherov all season. Mm-hmm, that's true, and I know I'm not Colorado sick, but it's just that feeling. Right. There's that feeling that just Tampa Bay has it. And Nathan McKinnon, it'd be special to see him lift it uh, this year. And I think that's my prediction going forward. We are going to have a round three and a round four preview. As I mentioned, apologize. We didn't get a round one preview. I'm sorry for the listeners, but I'm not sorry for us because I'm happy we didn't look like fucking idiots in any of those series. Mental health. Yeah. Uh, And again, the second round, Justin, I can really give you the opportunity. Out of the second round series that are going on, which one's your favorite that you're keeping an eye out for? Well, I mean, this is – it's kind of – I was looking forward to this Winnipeg-Montreal one, but this first period was a little different than I thought it was going to be. So I'm going to I'm gonna stick with the uh, Colorado and Vegas series. That's, I mean, I – I thought Vegas was really good, but watching Colorado dismantle them the other night was also really fun to watch. Oh, it's like exciting. Watching, like watching Colorado work is it's fascinating. Well, it's, it's almost identical in that Tampa series. I mean, like the Carolina at home, their rink has been absolutely bonkers. And Tampa went in there and took both games. And the so, like, I don't It's just, it's crazy. And I, I mean... They're, they're playing at a different level. And to be honest, I don't think once whoever comes out of the Boston or Islander series has a chance. Yeah. Like, they're just going to kick the shit out of each other. And then whoever, you know, whoever comes out is going to just get scored on and for four games until it's over. <laughs> and everyone forgot about number 86, eh? Everyone forgot about him on Tampa. And Nathan McKinnon is on a different fucking level. And we've already touched on that. Definitely going to be interesting coming down the stretch for the second round of the playoffs in the National Hockey League. Now, Justin, uh, we we have a topic to get to, but two quick things I want to mention. Another product placement here. Make sure you check out Living Sisu. That's Living S-I-S-U. Check out through the Game Sports Show website. Click the Living Sisu logo. It's third row, second from the left on the website. It goes right to there. 
website from our website, livingsisu.com. Fantastic products there. And of course, thank you to all of our sponsors here with the game sports show particularly with our updated site i gotta give another shout out to north shore sports and auto the cdu for the game entertainment media is on the water hopefully that's covid normality comes to place so we can have our beach giveaways and kind of our giveaways that we plan to do and a lot of things this year uh we've been unfortunately unable to to really announce and do but we do have a lot of big things coming up for the brand and company and north shore sports and auto being a part of that from a sponsorship end but also with the cdu yes we'll be doing a giveaway that is brought to you by North Shore Sports and Auto, of course, but yes, by our CDU. Never thought I'd ever be saying that. Interesting stuff. Lots of great things on our website to check out. And again, North Superior Brewing Company. This beer is so fucking delicious. Like, I can't. I literally just can't. Probably brewed in Sault Ste. Marie by North Superior Brewing Company. 11 p.m. is a traditional German black lager that will delight your taste buds with notes of coffee and chocolate and surprisingly easy drinking beer. Enjoyed by the true craft beer enthusiast for its distinctive character and full-bodied flavored. Yes, I read that off the can, and I can't believe I read that all in one breath. North, North, Northern Superior Brewing Company, it's a northern thing. Now, Justin... The long-awaited topic that we were going to jump into, 35-ish minutes into the broadcast, and this is a show that we typically air. It's under an hour. We typically aim for 45 minutes. We're going to keep it at that as best as we can because I think there's only so much that we can say. Now, how I'm going to do this, Justin, is give you the floor for a second and to make a decision on that floor. That decision is, do you want to have back and forth discussion or do you want to have the floor to say your opinion? Then I have the floor to say my opinion and we both have to keep it under five minutes. Let's just go back and forth. All right. So I'm going to let you start us off. See, I'm nowhere near as fired up about this as I think everyone thought I'm or expects me to be. Yeah. Um, it's like social media was a bad place yesterday. That's for sure. Yeah. I think I'll tell you that. And I mean, like, let's get this out in the air right now. Like I was absolutely emotionally gutted after that on Monday. Like that's, uh, but I, I had that feeling Saturday, you know, by the time the game ended Saturday, I, it felt like it was over then. And I mean, it's it's a terrible thing to say, but you you know you've been down this road enough times, you know these players just as well as everyone else knows these players, and you saw it. I felt awful for Jack Campbell because he had no goal support. Any person that comes out and says that Jack Campbell lost the series for the Leafs can go fuck themselves. Yep. Yep, like, like pers- personally, I'd like to boot stomp anyone that has anything to say about his play. Did he let in a couple shit goals? Yeah, but guess what? Guess what goals are the only goals that go in in the playoffs? The shitty ones. Yeah. The, like there was a couple. There was one or two boneheaded ones. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, like, yeah, I don't. You can't hold that all on him. If Carey Price let in a bad goal, were they going to say it was Carey Price's fault they lost the game? No, they weren't. So, I mean, I don't know. It's the, the trolls out there are going a little hard. They're having some fun and whatever. And, but I, I think we're going to come back with the majority of this group next year. I really do. 
Uh, I think Spets is coming back for sure. Simmons, I don't know. Jumbo looked like he was going to retire in the uh, end of season interviews there today. So, I, I, I don't know. I'm still, there's some mixed emotions, but I'm nowhere near as upset as everyone expects me to be. Maybe it's just because this is what you expect to happen now. You know, there's so any, any, like the 3 1, the 4, any kind of something to one lead isn't good for us. It's just not a good number. See, and that's the thing is, and you bring up points about Jack Campbell. And there was comments going around saying that how he didn't perform and how Freddie would have did better. I've seen those that they should have put Freddie in for game seven for loyalty. That's maybe the only one that I kind of looked at. So maybe that's a true point, but it's not. Um, You have Jack that did fantastic this year. Vesna numbers this year uh, for the Leafs. The guy is a fan favorite, even when there's no fans in that rank. He's emotional about playing. He's a teammate guy. He was the reason that even won seven games for a lot of those games. He didn't have a lot of goal support at all, obviously, and especially in the last three games. Uh, he did not just get out. He didn't get out dueled by Price. Okay, the Montreal defense and forward stepped up and outplayed Toronto's core guys and took it to them and battled back and showed more heart. And Campbell can only stop so many pucks. As you mentioned, there was, yeah, he could have stopped a few goals. He could have stopped a few shots that went in. But there's also a couple of deflections that went in on Price um, that Toronto battled back to tie a 3-3 in that game where Muzzin got to that maybe Price should have had a stick down. There's a lot of goals that went in on both goalies in the series that could have went either way. Jack, uh, there, there's a guy that really battled this year, and it's not his fault that they lost those games. And Jack Campbell... Uh, is if he would have, like, and I'm quoting Steve Dangle here, if Jack Campbell was in net for those games against the Boston Bruins in the last couple game sevens, even the one in 2013, if you want to go that far back, if that's a Jack Campbell that was in net for both those games, sorry, Reimer, you played solid those playoffs but in 2013. But even even Freddie, no offense, love the loyalty, but he didn't. There's a couple game sevens where Freddie was really shaky. If you have the Campbell that played in this series in those games, Toronto would have won two of those game sevens. I promise you that. They would have won. They would have won those game sevens. Uh, They would have moved on to the second round. Uh, As well as, you know, I feel that once you let Montreal back in the series, when it was 3-2 on the giveaway from Galchenyuk, which you got a feel for Galchenyuk, uh, he... Forgot he must have been playing for Toronto, maybe at the time. Who knows what his reason was. Called for the puck, realistically, and joking aside. That's hard for him, and I'm sure he didn't sleep at all that night. And then all the stuff that goes on from there, Justin, and we're going back and forth here, as we promised, but there's a lot that we're trying to get into here. But with Toronto, there's, there's a routine, and I couldn't agree with you more. When they lost game six, that that's where my heart sunk into where I was staring at my television. Uh, you knew. You knew. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I You can ask my girlfriend. Uh, my puppy was actually staying with me on the – yeah, I didn't really let him on the couch trying to get that habit out of him. But he was beside me on the couch, and he didn't leave my side. 
Uh, and he likes being in his crate in the room sleeping already in the first couple nights. It's awesome. Uh, but he didn't leave my side on that first night. And it's like he knew that I was sad. I didn't cry. People were asking if I cried. I didn't cry. I probably could have if I tried. Uh, not after game six. Uh, game seven was where I got those texts. Uh, but, you know, sitting down, like you said, I knew. That's in game six, you know, all the chances that they had and they didn't bury, um, it doesn't matter. Despite that they should have won that game, it doesn't matter. They, they didn't win it. The one goal went in that that needed to go in and Montreal forced the game seven. And that's where I was standing on my television in disbelief that we got to where we were. And the team that was riding momentum going into game seven was Montreal. And then, of course, Muzzin goes out. But you know what? Even with Muzzin and Tavares out losing some key guys, Tavares game one and Muzzin game six, you still have a situation where you have a team that was supposed to be deep, proved that they were deep, and they can battle through adversity. Price wasn't. A super god. He was very good. Good. I mean, that's, you can't, I mean, Matthews had like five shots a game on him. Like he was getting like decent shots. It's just, he had people's number and that's the goal. He was playing lights out. There wasn't a lot of quality chances that hit him. There's just something the way those guys play for him. Like Montreal was a meh team all season. And, and maybe that's just where those guys are just going through the motions and will play in the playoffs. And that's a hard, I don't, I, I don't know. I haven't, you know, I preach the, you have to go through adversity thing and to figure it out. But I really thought this year was the, okay, we've figured it out. You know, we've been let down enough times and, you know, the vibe in the room felt great. Like, every time you watch these guys in interviews, you felt like they were all best friends. And, like, this is going to sound horrid, but maybe that's what they needed. They needed to watch. They needed to have Jumbo come in and be the father figure in the locker room and tell him, you know, this is my last season, guys. We're going to do this. And they had to let him down. They had to fuck him over. You know, you know, like sometimes in those video games where you have the weird twist where you got to kill your partner or something like maybe that's what happened here. Maybe they had to just end that guy's just sadly end his career and send him off into the sunset to ride his lawnmower somewhere else without a Stanley Cup. And now these guys got to live with that. I mean, they've done it to Marlowe. They've done it to Thornton. So maybe that's what you need. I, I don't know. I. I'm at a loss in terms of what they should do. I think these these guys will figure it out. I mean, like it's it's an emotionally it's a shitty spot because I want to have a knee jerk reaction and like say that you know Mitch Marner fucked everyone over and so burn them to the ground because you know it, I think quote unquote me on Saturday night was once Mitch Marner started crying was don't ask for an $11 million contract if you can't handle what comes with an $11 million contract. Just sitting there crying. and But, you know, and when you sit there and think about that afterwards, like, number one, that's like work, Justin, just saying, go fuck yourself, bro. Um, but like, the guy, like, it was emotion. Like, he knew. He knew it was on his shoulders. <laughs> He's got that contract on his shoulders. And... You, you got to bet on these guys. That's why they paid him. I mean, I don't think, what, Mario Lemieux didn't win a cup until his eighth season. Ovechkin didn't win a cup until the year after Vegas was in the league. 
And to be honest, I think the league, the year Vegas came in the league, they tried to trade for Ovechkin. They actually, that's who Colorado, or Colorado, my God, that's who Washington beat in the cup finals in their first year was Vegas. Yeah. And so. You know, one thing I will say is the Mitch Marner was not noticeable this series. I'll flat out say it. And a lot of people are probably thinking about turning us off right now or we're expecting us to yell. But I hope they don't because they're – honestly, this is us yelling because Justin and I and Lee fans are so fed up, so so disappointed. We're used to it, and it's just a continuous repeat. If there's history that needs to be broken, it's Toronto that does it. And there were stats that you can read online. I'm not going to read them to you. You can find them that were broken in the series about team coming back and losing two consecutive games after coming back. There's a lot of when there's a record to be broken, Toronto does. Now Toronto passed the New York Rangers, longest drought in NHL history for a Stanley Cup. Yes, it hurts. Justin, myself, and I think I speak of all Leaf fans. We are defeated. We are upset. We are disgruntled. People have cried. People have lost sleep. I did only sleep two hours the night that they lost. Um, And that was game six and seven, both nights. I got four hours sleep combined because, I, like you said, Justin, I knew when game six, I was confident going to game seven. You try to believe. Belief is the key word I always use. But they were – the defeat, it it really started to settle in, that defeat, that PTSD, if you will, if you want to go with that drastic of a point – they always seem to disappoint, and there's literally no excuse anymore. Steve Dangle's videos were fantastic. I want to quote everything that Steve said because he had, from the Game 6 and 7 videos, all the points that he had were so true, and that's exactly what I was feeling. And that's, well, that's exactly like, how I looked. That, that watch a game with Dangle feature was pretty solid, too. Solid, and he had so many plans for other ones, and... Honestly, this was a – I bring up points here with Mitch Marner. He wasn't noticeable. And you know what, Justin? We learned something yesterday about Mitch Marner, and I wasn't going to bring it up because, you know, we're not going to chirp it because it is what it is now and it's over with. But Mitch Marner, uh, apparently, in terms of some leaks on social media, despite how true it is, based on my sources that I've tried to look into, uh, that it is true. But I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. Uh, that Mitch Marner booked a tee time um, f- to be on a golf course. Uh, this is uh, just less than 48 hours after cleaning out his locker room. And apparently the tee time was booked uh, essentially the next day after losing Game 7 against the Montreal Canadiens. So that was yesterday uh, that he booked it. So that would be June 1st that he booked it. And honestly, Justin, I remember when I played well, hockey. I mean, like in, in one sense, like I understand why everyone's annoyed by it or mad by it. Yeah. But, like, what the fuck? What else are you supposed to do? I mean, like, the guys, he's the only... I feel bad for Mitch in the sense that we saw how... I mean, Tavares got his brain scrambled. Like, to the point where everyone... Like, I almost threw up. I was so sick watching that thing. And I'm not trying to be dramatic. Like, watching his... Like, he's trying to fight to get up while he's still unconscious. Like that wasn't a good look. It wasn't a great image. It didn't, you know, it didn't sit well with me. And 
like I and, and the Toronto Sun just shits all over him. Which okay, shame on me for going to the Toronto Sun and expecting there to be some journalistic integrity there when you know I'm not going any further into that. But and now Marner lives in Southern Ontario, so all summer, anytime the Toronto Sun needs to sell a couple copies, he's gonna be the hit piece. Austin Matthews gets to fly away and go back to Arizona and shut her down. Write all the hit pieces you want. He said it in his post-game interviews today. Like, yeah, whatever. Make up your stories. Like, the guy's made a fucking Teflon. He doesn't care. Nothing's going to hit him. Marner's got to sit there. His mom's got to go and read the newspaper. He's got to go and buy a bag of apples at the Metro, you know, down the street and see fucking every... doesn't matter that he deleted social media. He's still Mitch Marner. People know who he is. Like that's going to be the tough part to overcome and not have any sort of shit attitude towards the fans, you know, because you'd have to think that at some point that would settle into your brain a little bit. Like, why the fuck am I busting my balls for these people out here when all I do is get shit all over in the media? See, and the thing is that they mentioned the big thing with this tea time, if you will. My whole point was, I was going to say with it was that when I remember when I played hockey, that when if I ever lost or uh, and I've lost some big games in, in my life and not uh, to the gravity of uh, professional players, but I went into the off season and wanted nothing else more uh, but to work harder and be better and try to win. And my the reason why I was kind of upset about Mitch making this decision right away and uh, openly having his name on a golf course tee is just the timing of it all uh, where you know well, it's, it's a bad look it, it is that's sure. it, but it's i i give him benefit of the doubt because obviously he's in the off season maybe he wants to get his mind off it right there's a lot of things uh, that i get but the reason why i bring up my example with it was because you see a scenario that you should be hitting the ice right away and trying to get better but yeah you still need to rest and your body needs to heal like i know that from a an athletic perspective as well but it's just the look that made me really upset uh, about it why mitch did that but i again it's a free world he's able to do what he wants but essentially you have leaf fans that are still upset gutted and just there's, there's gonna be trolls too looking to get everyone you know what i mean all riled up again this is different than any other time that they've lost I swear to God, this is a lot different. Uh, I, I, fans are upset, but now fans are over it. They're fed up. We, the Leaf fan, the Leafs nation, has hit the fed up button. This is it. Well, I, you know what? Like everyone, I'm not going anywhere as a fan. So it oh. does it suck? Yeah. Does it feel bad? Yeah. But it's got to feel. As emotionally gutted as I was by it, I couldn't imagine what it felt like to be the guys that cared in that locker room. You know what sucks no. to think about it? The Atlantic Division, right? We expect hockey normality next year, uh, given anything doesn't happen. I would love to see another North Division. That was uh, very fun this year uh, to see. Uh, but Tampa Bay, Boston, Florida, Toronto, Montreal. But Ottawa's improving. They're going to be a very good team in a couple good. years. Good. Harden the fuck up. Yeah, that division is going to be the toughest division in hockey um, next year. I'm going to tell you that right now. That's my early prediction. 
Yeah, if you want, go. You can go out and play on the West Coast in the uh, seniors and garbage league out there. See, the thing is, it's good. That is it a good thing to play in a division that tough? Yes and no, because if you lose, you lose. But this, it is not going to get easier for the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, going forward. And obviously, everyone feels like this was the year they had the chance to get in that past that first round, second second round, excuse me, and then getting in final rounds where this could have been the year they could have you know snuck in and did it but again as we've heard today today being june the second that the leafs core is planned to stay in place we don't know what's going to happen this hockey season's not done ownership isn't happy obviously what happened fans aren't happy i'm sure it's gonna be a very interesting off season you know a lot of ufas and zach hyman simmons spencer thornton uh freddie anderson as well and honestly if i had to say anything hyman and freddie i would like both of them back freddie on a little bit of a deal but i don't know if he will especially by not playing maybe he is a little upset i still wouldn't have played freddie in the seventh game i understand why people might look at it from a loyalty end but jack was perfect uh, i do hope that freddie comes back on a one year but again he's getting to a stage in his career where you have to look out for your future uh, so he may not want that short term. And again, if Freddie does come back, he wouldn't sign until after the expansion draft. Because if he does sign before the expansion draft, Toronto can only protect one goalie. And I guarantee you if Freddie or Jack resigned and one of them had to be exposed in the draft, uh, Seattle would take one of those two guys. And let me tell you, hopefully they don't take Jack because that contract's great in the season that he had. Hopefully he can build on it. Uh, so going back, obviously Hyman was a workhorse all year for Toronto. He's one of my favorite Leafs. And I would expect he might want a little bit of a raise. But that's where I hope a lot of these guys look at it from the perspective of trying to build a winner and i know some players are going to have to be changed in this pieces of toronto uh, obviously uh, spence as a player that people want back i forgot that somebody else i'd like to mention in the, in the hyman freddie conversation where we said who i want back spence is the other one i would like back as well uh i feel like he was a great I, fit i'd, I'd take calchenia back in a heartbeat too to be honest i he i don't think that project is done oh good point i forgot about calchenia thank you very much and that so I, th- I thought him and nylander played awesome together Yep, and honestly, if Tavares back, uh, Nylander, Tavares, and uh, Galchenyuk, that'd be pretty great. Kerfoot had a great playoff. I had a lot of doubt that maybe Ker- for uh, Kerfoot, but don't forget, he is only making $3.5 million. There's some contracts that you can move, like Engvall's. Uh, it's Dermott will probably be the guy that gets claimed out of this expansion draft, to be honest. That's who I think is going to be the guy uh, that goes to Seattle. But you have Rasmus Sandin, who I think is only going to get better. So, yes, Toronto. Oh, fuck. I forgot to tell you, I had a good one Saturday night. Tano spit her beer out after Sandine blew it again. I said, San, I think Rasmus Sandine is just Swedish for Jake Gardner. <laughs> it's very much that's what I was getting confused with uh, out there. And you know what? Honestly, Bogosian. Sorry, I'm forgetting another guy. Zach Bogosian was oh, absolutely. He played great. great. Yeah, and I think he would take a little bit of a discount again a year next year as well. So I guess I should revamp my answer. Hyman, Freddie, Spencer, Galchenyuk, and Bogosian. I would like those guys back, and hopefully they take deals uh, to come back. Realistically, I don't know if Freddie will. Uh, if Freddie doesn't, that leaves a big hole in net because Jack can't always stay healthy, and Hutch and Riddick are not the guys for the answer. So I don't, I don't think Freddie was 100% healthy even in the playoffs, though. No, I he, really don't. I think he there's something there, and I don't. we'll probably find out in the summer sometime. Well, it's been summer now. If Freddie... Thieves, though, man, honestly, there's a whole. I don't. Match. I don't think he will because you know what? This was like a, a prove it season, and you know that this was his shot at a big contract, and he didn't play. 
He didn't play at all. So why not come back, sign like a two-year, six-point-something deal, you know? Cheaper. Same Approve it deal. Yeah, Much I... like, the, you know, the the, um, the Caudry one back in the day. And then they gave him the deal and he decided to get suspended every playoffs. Fun fact, Toronto Maple Leafs are no longer play, paying for Miguel Grabowski's contract. That's good. Are we? Are there any of the the Kessel ones still there? Isn't it? I believe has one more year from what I see here online. So it's um, seems like one more year. Hopefully, I'm reading that correctly. So, you know, there. It's, it's bad that I remember those better than like friends' birthdays. <laughs> and ultimately, going back to the overall reaction, got quick, Justin. Obviously, we are hitting the hour point here on the show, and you know, we went through a lot of discussion. If anyone wants my reaction. I'll give you a quick one-minute brief, and Justin, I'll give you the floor before we wrap up. The core players obviously didn't get on the score sheet. Some person that is a big part of that core, Mitch Marner, was not uh, evident on the ice at all. A lot of players that uh, should have showed up actually really weren't great factors in the game. And I'm sorry, Wayne Simmons was somebody who uh, didn't do as big of an impact as I felt that he should have. Uh, uh, Jack Campbell played fantastic. I, I fully believe that Kerfoot, I fully believe uh, that Nylander showed their true colors and hopefully they can build off that. It is absolutely gut-wrenching what happened. I'm very upset that it happened. I'm not yelling on the microphone because I am so defeated. I am disgruntled, but yet I expected it and I knew it as soon as the game six, six game was a loss as much I don't want to admit that. It was something that right now it feels like it was expected. You just say that you're fed up and you're fucking over it. That's the point that I am at with it. There's no excuse. There's no bullshit. There's inexcusable for what happened this playoffs. And seeing the thing that I mentioned with Mitch Marner golfing, yes, that pisses me off because he gets to go golf and golf early. And, uh, you know, and he's I'm not it was the bad timing. People can pick on him, and I am a little bit here with that, but the social media harassment has to stop. I saw Doug Gilmore post a, a, an Instagram post today. Obviously, his uh, son-in-law, Evan McGrath, was on our show. Uh, planned to hopefully have Dougie on the show sometime as well. Hopefully that works out. He was uh, he had a great Chicklets episode as well. But somebody posted uh, a picture of him burning his jersey, a Doug Gilmore jersey. Uh, this had nothing to do with Doug Gilmore. Okay, Doug Gilmore, uh, if anything, got high-sticked and the Leafs should have made the cup finals that year uh, against Gretzky. So we know uh, that there's Doug Gilmore and that Leaf legacy had nothing to do with what happened. So burn your jersey. Just donate it to charity. Donate it to somebody else. I was upset. I threw my shirt on the uh, on the ground, not an upset. I just said I took it off and I threw it off saying I was upset. I quickly got up after and picked it up. I I felt bad about it. I was upset about it. And in the middle of the game when they were losing and they were going to lose game seven, it was a tough moment because of all the optimism this year, all the hopes that we had up and for this team. And it sucks. It's unfortunate. It shouldn't have happened, but it did. Do I believe that this core can win? Believe it or not. Yes, I do. They just need the right cast around it. This year was what we thought that was, but obviously not. Will there be changes in the offseason? Yes, uh, to the limit of what people expect. No, but 
I am just going to flat out say to conclude that everything Toronto did this year uh, in the season was great to watch. This is one of the best defensive teams that we've seen. And also just the depth was fantastic. I believe they would have did the same in any other division. It would have been tough if they would have played Florida, Tampa, and Carolina, I imagine. Uh, but again, uh, they they had a very good season. This is absolutely unacceptable what they did in the playoffs. And I'm more, I was more sad and mad when they lost Game Sevens to Boston uh, than I am right now. And the reason being is because of the expectations uh, that I had, but also because I expect it. Period. Uh, not what I meant by expectations was that I thought they were going to make it. And what I mean by expect it was that I did expect failure and that you just knew that if you get your hopes up, that they'd be put down and they were, and this team has no excuses, no reason to lose what they have is unacceptable is a word that I'll use for the sixth time. Yes, I'm keeping count. It's not, should not be tolerated, but you know what this team, what do you change? You can't change much. They'll make adjustments. They'll be back next year. And if you're a fan like I am, obviously you're going to cheer them on and love them. And hopefully one day they actually do change the history and the outcome. But right now, all we expect is failure. And all we expect is to get our hopes up just to have them down. And right now, no words are enough words to be said about the performance that they had and what happened in that series and how it shouldn't have happened to this core. And it's unbelievable that it did. Justin, the floor for you for a minute or so, and then we can wrap it up. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Let's buckle it up and do it again next year. I'm, it, it is what I've been doing this for so long now. I mean, like one of the first playoffs I remember is the Doug Gilmore high stick nonsense. So, in the last time we made it to the second round, John Ferguson fucking Jr. was the uh, general manager of the team. Philadelphia Flyers, Jeremy Roenick. 2004, I was 13 years old. I am now turning 30 in August. That is an extra lifetime later, 17 years. The Friends finale was airing that year uh, when the Toronto Maple Leafs actually made it to the second round. And made it out of the, they haven't made it out of the first round. They're 0-8 in the last, whatever it is, decade to, to, to get to that point. They're, they're in serious clinching games. They're, I mean, I guess my – I don't – I'm not as – it sucks, but I'm two days removed. So let's move on. We'll get into it again next year. Like, it's it sucks for me. It sucks worse for the players. But I mean, what? I have not won a Stanley Cup, so I'm not. I don't know the intensity and uh, you know how hard it is to do it. But I'm guessing it's pretty difficult, and only one team can do it every year. So. I mean, it's, I don't entertain the trolls online. It's their team didn't win either. You know, that's not uh, until the, you know, some team inevitably wins the cup. And then like last year, they were all, everyone was Tampa fans all of a sudden. But, you know, you're like me. You're a truly fan. By the time next year rolls around, you'll be back into it again. And at the bottom line, we in a year like this where everything's been a fucking shit show, it was nice to just have this as a distraction. I mean, that's it was it was good. We enjoyed it. Think about what you had, Dave, and if you love it, it'll really come back to you. It'll be back. 
That's my words of wisdom. That's what I have right now. If we would have if we would have done this Monday night, you would have like caught me just chopping wood and screaming to get the rage out of my system. But now I'm okay. I'm very zen. And at the end of the day, hopefully one day they change. But going forward, I will not. I'll try to do whatever I can to make sure uh, that uh, that I don't get my hopes up. But that's where that's if everyone wants You're to know. You're going my- to. Yeah, and my my feelings. If anyone wants to know my answer with my feelings, I'm gutted. It is true, uh, but again, it's uh, it is a sport team that we cheer for. There's a lot of good things to know in life, and just be positive, and let's keep the harassment levels down. And of course, think of all the positives of Toronto this year. Try to Rocket Richard winning, Austin Matthews, Ted Lindsay Award winning uh, finalist with Crosby McDavid. Uh, Tavares is recovering from his injuries greatly. Everything's uh, there's there are positives at the with the Leafs this year that may not be seemed right now, uh, but hopefully that they are able to uh, get back on track next year when hockey's back to normality when they have in that tough division, and hopefully they bounce back. That's all we can hope for. Well, I'll put this energy into cheering them on, and you can get into the stands. There we go. Now, Justin, this is not it for top shelf, of course. All right. Uh, we have a lot of playoff hockey that we are going to get into. Uh, we will dive into, if possible, some second round analysis and news as it comes along within the next week. Uh, but we'll definitely have a third round preview when it gets there. We will have a round four preview when it gets there. And obviously a Stanley Cup reaction along with the news in between all that. Then afterwards, it's the off season that's always busy. So Top Shelf is a year-round show. Of course, our schedule is sporadic. So we appreciate our listeners who constantly follow uh, the show and keep up with our schedule that has been sporadic. Hopefully one day it does get back to a, more of a normal schedule where our normal schedule of our show is basically our ESPN show. And as of late, that has had to be rescheduled to some Wednesdays. So uh, it's certainly been interesting uh, this year, but we appreciate all the, the, the all the followers that we have. But as I mentioned, a lot of shows that we have here on the Game Sports Show with Top Shelf, we have And One, the ESPN Show, the Special Edition, the other shows on our on our platform such as Hot Seat, Simply Butch, uh, all the live broadcasts that we have, all the, the sporadic uh, sporadic sports as well, presented by Thrush Creative Co., who is of course our website designer uh, Aaron Robinson, fantastic, a lot of great things uh, that the game sports show has and as i mentioned numerous times already top shelf uh, will have more upcoming editions of course just because toronto is eliminated uh, doesn't mean that we're halting the show of course there's obviously a lot of news to get into from hockey and both locally and professionally as we proceed to the conclusion of the season on the professional level then going into the off season uh, for both local and national then back at it when the fall comes around the corner justin my friend it's been great it's been an interesting show. I'm sure people were expecting more of a yelling kind of background with Toronto. I think we touched everything that we needed to. I think the word of the night is unacceptable uh, if it comes from me. Uh, from you, of course, your words of wisdom. It's certainly been a, a great show here. We've went 10 minutes over time. We appreciate everyone for tuning in. Uh, make sure you hit like, follow, and subscribe. Justin, thank you very much. Uh, we'll be on for more Top Shelves, as I mentioned, in the pocket bonus editions. A lot more coming up, my friend. So uh, we'll see each other soon. And also, as soon as lockdown restrictions lift, we'll get having some pints this summer. Looking forward to a good summer, my friend. Oh, yeah. Next Friday, I think uh, the patio at Sports Center opens up. So I think it's next Friday. Oh, there we don't, go. Don't oh. quote me on that, but uh, we got to reserve a spot. 
There you go. So we do. We got the spot there. We can get uh, get back to a little bit of uh, uh, some normal actions here. It's going to be great. Then obviously in September, we're hoping that we launch our expansion platform. Uh, so hopefully that all comes into play as well. Justin, thanks again, everyone. Uh, with the game sports show in the background and all the fellow staff members thank you listeners again thank you uh, this has been top shelf presented by north superior brewing company we're at northern they're superior and it's a northern thing free local deliveries make sure you check them out on social media facebook and instagram and north superior co and also on their website northspirit.org fantastic stuff this 11 p.m has been great we probably could have talked until 11 p.m tonight but we cannot do that we have uh, stuff to do outside of the recording studio so i'm going to get to that conclusion i'm here to remind you keep your stick on the ice swing your bats catch your touchdowns drain your threes and shoot your shots booyah